Welcome back to the History of Rock Remix Edition. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. Class is in session. That it is. It's the Remix Edition, which means that uh, we're talking about things kind of other than rock, although we will cover things about rock and roll here in uh, the Remix Editions. But today we're going to be talking about Modern Family as it debuted about 13 years ago. It was September 23rd, 2009 when that show debuted. And then we're going to get to some underrated TV shows. I have this weird thing with TV shows where I would get hooked on one that wouldn't quite get the numbers to be guaranteed. It's coming back for a second season, so I'd have to track where they were. Is it going to be a mid-season replacement? So we'll, we'll get to that here in the second segment. And then coming Is that up like here, a Twin Peaks like a Twin Peaks sort of thing where the show was so bent that you'd be like, this might not get picked up for a second season? Uh, no, no. It's really just that not enough people are watching that particular show. But like, doesn't for, that mean that it's probably not a good show? But see, here's the thing. These shows have incredible cult followings. All yeah, the shows enough. that are on my list here are ones, well, except for one, they have they now have diehard fans. It's just I get, it didn't cater to the masses. And I guess that that's yeah, how yeah, my yeah. brain functions is it's not like catering Galavet. to the masses. Uh, and then, of course, yeah. we're going to get to five fast questions before we wrap up this episode. But talking about the masses, um, I do have to give the shameless plug here of the YouTube channel because... Oh, yeah. I've been putting a lot of time and effort into this thing, and I was kind of texting Shim over the past few days as I'm watching the numbers constantly go up and up and up. And it's gotten to the point now where, as we're recording this, this is Monday, September 19th, I'm averaging more than half a million views every two days on this damn channel. And it's awesome. It's exciting. So... Yeah, Go over there. If you're here watching on um, Spotify or if you are over on Apple or Google, make sure you check out our social medias. Make sure you check out uh, at The Real Brandalorian. That's where you can find me on YouTube or on Instagram. You can find Shim. His YouTube channel is Shimon Moore. And then um, Instagram, it's just at Shim. But for him, look at the yeah. blue check mark right there. Yeah, look for that blue check mark. And All then, right. um, yeah, but dude, seriously, congratulations. You've earned it. Everyone's been watching and more hats. And, and I, I'm, I'm lucky to be working with you, man. So thank you very much. We're for taking this to the moon, Shim. We're going you know, to the man. moon, right, baby. Me and you, buddy. Let's get into it. Let's let's pick it up. Let's do it. All right. So uh, you're starting this one. Yeah. So we got Modern Family. It debuted uh, September 23rd, 2009. So 13 years ago. The show ended after 11 seasons on April 8th, 2020. Which was funny because that, that ended it right before COVID hit. Because I think they came back and did some stuff. During the big part of COVID, when we were everybody was learning how to, to do Zoom and things like that, and the right, family was right. trying to stay connected through Zoom and stuff like that. So the show won 22 Emmy Awards, and that is from 75 nominations. This thing was an award powerhouse. It also won six Writers Guild of America Awards. So we're going to be diving into Modern Family. Quick side note, though, before we start, I believe... That we were on the elevator with the girl that played Lily. Do you are you familiar with Modern Family? I am familiar with Modern Family. I uh, I binge watched the first four seasons when I first got Hulu. So ah. like yeah yeah I, I was very and the first four or five seasons were epic. Um, but no, uh, you got on you got on the elevator with Lily. We were staying at the Disneyland Hotel, and we were leaving maybe i don't know um but it was myself my wife and my daughter and we're in the elevator and then this girl and i'm assuming her mom 
comes in and you know we ride down all the way to the bottom then we go our different ways and all of a sudden my wife pulls me to the side and she's like i think that's the girl from modern family <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? So then, turn so then, of course, then it becomes a mission for me. I got to find out if it's the girl from Modern Family. So as they're right. walking ahead of us, I'm walking around trying to like not be completely obvious that I'm trying to figure out who this girl is and you know staring her down to see if it's actually the girl from Modern Family. And the looks that I got, I think, yeah, I, I, I think it was, I think it was Lily from uh, from Modern Family. What's the name of the girl who is the oldest, the Haley. oldest in the family? What is it, Haley? Haley? When I, when I, the only time, the only reference that I have is that, that, um, when I first started another band after Sick Puppies, it was called Screaming at Demons. Yeah. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible, terrible idea for a band. Had one song. Anyway, so the people that I was hanging out for that period of a few months, which are, which I do not hang out with anymore, were at a house party that was kind of like a frat party, which wasn't my scene. And there was all these random people there. And I remember in the corner seeing a girl who looked like Haley, but she was there by herself, just sitting there by herself with a drink, kind of looking around awkwardly. And I'm like, that can't be her. If it was her, there'd be people around her. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. like a big celebrity. And then, and then I went off and did something else and came back. And then I saw that girl, like the back of her head and she was leaving. And I was like, dude, that, that girl looked just like the girl from Modern Family. And someone said, yeah, that was her. She came in for like two minutes, canvassed the party, and went, "Yo, this party sucks," and, and bailed. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to hang out That's, with yeah. screaming at demons. No, no, we were like, it was like it was, it was, it, it was, and she was right. It was a horrible party. I left shortly afterwards because I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is a weird fucking party." It's, it's like Hollywood Hills awkward. thing, looking out over the yeah, looking out over the thing with a whole bunch of greasy motherfuckers and guys that. You know, all that bullshit. But um, <laughs> but that's the only time. That's the only time. That's the closest I ever got. Well, it's closer yeah, than mine. I mean, I was in an elevator. But um, <laughs> so one of the things that we like to do here at the, at the first part of these episodes is did it translate over in Australia? Obviously, you were here. But do yeah. you know of people in Australia, maybe your wife or friends or family that back in Australia watch it? Because it feels like it's a very American show. Nah, it was a monster. It, it did well over here. Yeah, because it was a uni it was a universal message. It was about families dealing with stuff just because it was called America. Well, it, it, it's the funny thing is it, it, it dealt with things like the teen angst stuff, the paying the rent, stupid kids, you know, bad neighbors. There wasn't really anything that was like flag waving civil rights guns expressly america stuff it was all pretty much just family stuff that's why it makes sense with the next point that you're about it was called modern family it wasn't like it was called what my american family that was the original exactly. title for the show so you can tell why they did and, but then again Things get a name change all the time where they could have very easily gone in and and changed a name for a different market. I mean, we found that out with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over in the UK. It was That's right, yeah. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. It wasn't Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So they, they which don't really, really have is kind of which, and that one really is bizarre because the the defining factor of these turtles is that they are ninja. Yeah, they, they practice they ninjutsu. The, yeah, yeah. It's not like they've got yeah. So, but at the same time, I can understand why American Family might have looked at it and gone, well. We could just call it Modern Family, and then we've got all of these other territories that it'll just naturally translate to, and that was a fair thing. I don't think it would have made a difference in Australia because we've been plagiarizing American culture since <laughs> there was American culture, but um, oh, but we're no, gonna, it makes sense that they would have gone with that. Well, we're, we're going to get to 
uh, remakes of this the, of, of Modern Family that were done in other countries, which are really hilarious. I did not know about that. And I also think that Modern Family was it. It summed up the show brilliantly because you had sort of the standard mom and dad, which was Claire and Phil. And then you yeah. had the gay couple who adopt a daughter. And then you had um, uh, Jay and um, uh, Gloria with their son and the age gap there. And she's from another country. And so it truly encompassed a lot of the There's way that something families for are everyone. Needed. Yeah. And that's and yeah. that's why I think modern was a really like that was the the perfect sum uh the, the perfect way to sum up the show in the title. Yeah, I think for Australia when we heard the thing modern family and we saw that there was a gay couple on the first episode, that was that was what we got from it. It was oh like, God, oh, wasn't it? This is modern. This is definitely cutting edge modern. Like they got a gay family in See, the first episode, regular characters, like that's kind of modern. For me, the modern then. one was more the Jay and Gloria family. The age really? Gap that shit's been going on. Oh, come country. on. Old wealthy guy marries young, beautiful. That's that's not modern. That's t- that's age old archaic. Come on, men have been doing that forever. No, I well, I men have been doing that forever, but I, I, I saw that as more of an isolated thing. That what like at least myself growing up i knew more gay couples than i did a rich dude that married um uh, you know a, a younger woman and uh, now, of course this is vastly before i was watching 90 day fiance so that whole <laughs> dynamic is huge now yeah. but that's what yeah. the way that i saw it is because i grew up around gay couples far more frequently than i did with the old guy that married the the young girl yeah yeah so, that makes I sense guess i should say woman girl makes it sound creepy that does sound creepy. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, going back into the show now, right, from Modern Family, the camera crew originally were meant to be part of the plot, which I think would have been very interesting. A fictitious filmmaker named Gert Flortvi was going to travel from the Netherlands to live with Jay as a teenage foreign exchange student friend of Manny's. That would have been pretty interesting. It wouldn't have lasted long. That wouldn't have been as sustainable. But it's got a little bit of a... Uh, how I Met Your Mother vibe, almost. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah, I like so it. So they did have some stuff written out for this this character, and I gave you that name to pronounce because it's. I'm <laughs> I not did even okay. gonna try. You did. I thought you did fantastic. You nailed it. It's exactly yeah. how you say it. So the, he was gonna have a crush on Claire. Mitchell was gonna find him handsome, but it was ultimately decided this was all unnecessary to the plot. So they just completely scrapped the idea, and this reminded me of when. In The Office, the later seasons after Steve Carell left, they brought in the camera crew and they became a part of the plot where Jim was off in Philadelphia and this one guy was friends with Jim and Pam, but really he's got the hots for Pam. And it was just, it was so stupid. It was not necessary. It It was so different from what you expected from the show. I hated it. I did not like it at all. The only thing that was enjoyable about it is the guy that played the cameraman or the boom mic guy that that had the hots for pam plays one of the fucking funniest characters ever on silicon valley the guy is fucking hilarious i'm telling you i don't know that one i'm gonna i gotta look up his name in silicon valley his character is just fuck he's he's the guy he's all about the three commas he wants to be a billion three you get three commas when you have a billion right 
There's three commas in one billion. And so right. he's the guy. He got, he has this bottle of tequila. It's called three commas or, so, or it's like it was um, it's in Spanish or something. Maybe trace something right. that's whatever. Right, right. It's just he's fucking hilarious, man. He's so funny. And he's such a well, dipshit. So, and such but, a and the office was where the office was where he got his first crack. I don't know if it was his first crack, but I do remember that he was the guy that it, it was the same actor that played that. I role do remember vividly when that happened. When he crossed over, it was like the fourth wall was being seriously broken, and I remember thinking, "This is where the show goes downhill forever." Yeah, it was the last season or something. It was like they're really running out of ideas. And it's time to finish. Yeah, going thing, back to Modern Family. Well, it's good. yeah, because one thing. The, oh, sorry. One thing that um, that when you, what you just had mentioned about, um, I just lost my train of thought. As I'm trying to look up this this guy's name. Go ahead, do the next one. I was going to say, yeah. So the show Modern Family was pitched. This is something interesting. It was pitched to ABC, CBS, and NBC. CBS didn't want to commit to a single camera style mockumentary. NBC was already having success with The Office and Parks and Rec. So ABC ended up greenlighting the project as a result. So the show's creators, Christopher Lloyd, that's not the Doc Brown from Back to the Future. I just found that to- out a couple of years ago. I assumed really? that that Christopher Lloyd, it was the same guy for the, for the longest yeah. time. I assumed, Me I was too. like, wow, he's Doc Brown and he's producing all these shows like that guy's let me know shit. i want to in the in the comments section right now if you thought that christopher lloyd from all of these amazing sitcoms was doc brown from back to the future please type yes i thought that too because i thought i was the only one yeah all right, i yeah I, I firmly <laughs> thought that so it was christopher lloyd and stephen levitan and uh they would work on the show separately they would each take half of an episode and then they would work on it separately because they knew if they worked directly together they would constantly argue over who had the final say so it was just easier you get your half i get my half that's it and it worked out brilliantly and look at the show that had countless awards i think that's fair enough i've heard that the red hot chili peppers wrote songs like that for the first few albums yeah they would would come up with a half made pieces of shit Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I, I want to dig myself out of it. I, I, I said a couple of things about Red Hot Chili Peppers that I don't, I'm not proud of. But like, the, <laughs> they, they would go away and they'd come back. And you got to admit, though, regardless, once again, regardless of what you think about Red Hot Chili Peppers, they don't sound like anyone else. So at least they have a unique voice. Um, Coming back to it, the show was recreated. Okay, here we go. The show was recreated for international audiences. In Chile, it was called Familia Moderna. Moderna or Moderna? How do you say it in Chilean? Moderna? Because that sounds like a, a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> I think it's modern, like modern. Moderna. Mod- Mod- Moderna? Yeah. Familia Moderna, like familiar family. In this version, Lily isn't adopted. She is Mitchell's biological daughter after a drunken encounter, but Mitch and Cam had full custody. So over in Iran, they did a remake of Modern Family. This was called Haft Sang. In 2014, and again, I have no idea if I pronounced that properly. Mitch and Cam's relationship has turned into a heterosexual one. I mean, again, we're talking about Iran, not exactly uh, um, yeah. progressive over there. And Haley yeah. is changed to a teenage boy. When then, so Dylan then becomes a close friend. Look up, it's H A F T S A N G Haft Sang. It looks like. It looks like a serious show, dude. <laughs> like the like, because you know, Modern Family. You see, that's the pictures of the family, and they're like smiling, and they're all happy. But when you look up Haft Sang, it's like, whoa! Like this, this has got to be some sort of a crime murder mystery or something going on here. These dudes are hardcore. Hold on a second, I'm looking. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm looking at these images now. 
this is the show yeah yeah this looks a little bit more into this looks like it's it's about to become a murder mystery yeah yeah some of these people look dark they're looking at the camera like i'm gonna come for you what the it fuck, looks like man? one of those shows that they're they'll turn into a novella for my wife to watch on the spanish channel yeah yeah Okay, and why did but did they explain one thing here? Did they explain why they changed Haley's character into a teenage boy? Is it because they're not supposed to have relationships at that age? I don't know. I haven't. I I was That's very. I was weird. only able to to find very surface information on some of these shows. Again, if you know the answer, if you're here on YouTube, comment below and let Please. us know any of this info. Please let us know. So this is interesting. All of the actors. We're going back to the American version now. All the actors made a pact that when awards season came, none of them were in leading roles. They were all in supporting roles. That is awesome. And that, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Friends did that as well, didn't they? Do you remember about this about Friends? I don't know if Ross did they make the um, pact. They didn't. No, they didn't make a pact about leading actors versus supporting actors. But they did say when it came time, uh, it was David Schwimmer who was considered the the the, the number one guy because he was, he you was know, Ross, Ross and Rachel Ross and, and everything. Rachel, yeah. Exactly. He went in on like the third or fourth season when it was time to renegotiate because you know after the third year everyone goes and renegotiates. And he said we should all go in and negotiate as a team. If we go in and try to one-up each other and men are getting paid more than women or I'm getting paid more than Joey because I'm more of Ross and Rachel, he said, let's all go in and negotiate as a team. And that's why the, the seasons kept being so good and they lasted for so long, for 11 years, I think it was, on Friends, because they were equal and they all felt good and fair about it. There was no animosity. And everyone looked at uh, David Schwimmer and said, sure thing, stupid. You're the only one getting a pay cut. And he was like, but he was the fearless leader and went in with a good he, head on his shoulders and but you made just a made, good, he made a good call. And you just made the point. I mean, he could have taken more money, but if there's animosity within the, the crew, the show might not last yeah. as long. So you might get that early bump in pay, but it's not going to pay off in the long run. And it's, this is, yeah. you know, it just it, like teamwork makes the dream work, baby. That's, that's a good way to put it. Um, here we go. Oh, right, you're so, back to uh, you. Nolan, Nolan Gould, Nolan. who played Luke. Uh, he's a real-life genius. He's been a part of Mensa since he was four years old. Wait a minute. Which one's Luke again? The young son. The one, the, the, like, <laughs> Phil, Phil, young son, the one who they they play off is kind of stupid. The redhead. He's a, he's a fucking genius legit? He's a, He's been a member of Mensa since he was four years old. So why is he such a bad actor? Because he's not a good actor on the show, is he? he looks no, like I thought he was great. Like... I, I thought he was perfect. Really? For the, yeah. He played that Bruce. that sort of dopey, sort of not really knowing what's going on, just boneheaded kid. I thought he played it great. See, wow, I would never have picked that. I'm so glad you told me that. All right. So the broken step was an improvisation by Ty Beryl, who plays Phil Dumphy. He does the gotta fix that step in season one, and it carried through for the rest of the series. Did they carry that to the end of the series? He kept doing that. It was. I remember it, just, it from the first season. It was an, it was an ongoing the, thing. That, I don't think it was like every single episode, but it was one of those things that continued to carry on where gotta fix that step, and people would trip gotta on fix that, that step. step. Gotta fix that step. Gotta yeah. fix that step. <laughs> And I'm so, remembering. I'd forgotten about that, man. That's so funny. And so speaking of Mr. Phil Dunphy, they didn't want Ty Burrell 
playing Phil Dunphy. He had just been in a show called Back to You. Now, if anybody remembers what this show is, either you're a huge TV nut or you're a big Kelsey Grammer nut or a Patricia Heaton nut because they were the main stars on that show. It didn't even last a full season. The network didn't think that uh, Burrell was going to be strong enough for a main character. So the show creators, Lloyd and Levitan, ended up mocking up a scene with Burrell alongside Sarah Hyland. She was the one that played Haley. That preview convinced ABC to hire him to play Phil Dunphy. And I think he did a good job. What do you think? I think he's he's, he's my good as the everyman. He's my favorite part really? of the show. When I would get frustrated, when, you know, going through just everyday life as a, as a husband and a dad and wanting to be able to see, like, I loved Phil Dunphy's perspective on life. I loved his joy of life. I loved his ability to have fun doing things just for the sake of doing it because it's fun. And I, I took a lot of that to heart, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching him, especially knowing that he was in the Dawn of the Dead remake with Ving Rhames where he plays an asshole. And it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, my favorite character was always the grandfather. His, his lack yeah? of fucks. His lack of fucks, I always appreciated. I just, but the thing that I loved was that you had to wait for, it was a slow burn with him where he would... He would, he would be that old man that was just grumpy or short, but then once every couple of episodes, he would lay down a nugget of wisdom that would be like, when it, when, when it comes to the things that matter, I've got this covered. Yeah. Like, and, and you know the bits, that I, and that's the thing that I always liked. I was like, someone you can count on, someone, even when he would talk to Phil about how to be a man, how to be a dad, and it would be like, well, you know, no one really has it figured out, but you've got to follow your gut and all that sort of stuff. I always got the warm tingles when it came to those minutes. Jim's got the warm tingles. I got the warm and fuzzies, man. And that's the perfect transition so, to the next segment. We're kind of going TV heavy today. And so our next segment is all about highly underrated TV shows that sort of have flown under the radar for most people. And this is a topic that weighs, he- I don't want to say it weighs heavily on me, but it means a lot to me because, again, I somehow would land on these shows that I would love. And then, for some reason, those were the shows that would struggle to stay on the air. First and foremost, I remember it from news radio back in the 90s. I Oh, God, I love that show. Love, love, love. Yeah. From Phil Hartman to Joe Rogan to Dave Foley to Maura Tierney. The whole cast was just awesome. And... I, even Andy Dick. It's like the one thing I can watch Andy Dick in and not want yeah, to throw something true. at the television because him as Matthew oh. was fucking hilarious. Can I can I tell you the one time I met Andy Dick? Yes. It was fucking poetic. I was at the Roxy watching Papa Roach, right? I, I, I was able to talk. I, got, I was at the gym and I fucking got the message, Papa Roach, if you like this band, Papa Roach is playing at the Roxy in one hour. And I went, fuck yeah, I'm going to cancel my workout and go and hang out with the boys. So I went in, they're sold out. So I just walked up to the front and I was like, listen, is there any way I can talk to anyone that works on the crew? I know all the guys. And luckily, just blind luck, the woman who was working the desk was like, I know who you are. You're cool. Go ahead. <laughs> and so I walked in, but I'm work- I'm in my... I'm in like black black pants and a black sort of uh, T-shirt, really plain looking, right? I'm not dressed up for it. So I go in and I'm just standing in the corner or whatever, and I'm, I'm next to where the, the connecting thing of where the seats are for people who want to sit down and have a drink to where the pit is. And I'm just standing there and I'm leaning over and Andy Dick taps me on the shoulder. He's, he's sitting there 
And because I'm just standing there, he taps me and he says, give me a drink. Thinking and you I were the bartender? Re- like you legitimately yeah, worked he thought there? I was the bartender. Yeah, he thought I was the bartender because I was just wearing a black shirt. My must have thought I was a bartender. And I'm standing there and he taps me on the shirt. He says, get me a drink. And I said, I'm sorry, man, I don't work here. And he said, you can still get me a drink. And I said, I'm not getting you a drink. He was like, well, I don't like you either. And then he turned back to his friends. Oh. That was my that was my moment with Andy Dick. That sounds that's like that that right there. If you could ever sum up what meeting Andy Dick is like from what I've heard from other people, that's the definition yeah. of what it's like to meet that guy. But that, yeah. but that tells was, you how good bummed. that tells you how good news radio was. The fact that I could yeah. watch him as Matthew, the battles he would have with Joe Rogan and the guest stars. They would like they had guest stars like Bob Odenkirk, Saul Goodman. How long did it run? How long did it run? Uh, I think it was five. I'll double check this. But right. what that what really ended it was when Phil Hartman died. Oh, of they course. Had, well, they had. Yeah, they had yeah. brought in um, John Lovitz previously as a guest spot, and then they ended up bringing him back to replace Phil Hartman, and it just did. It was not. It was not the same. I'm seeing here. Well, of course, it's not the same. I mean, he was he was so perfectly dry. Phil Hartman was the best at that fucking dry 1950s cigar smoking scotch he fucking was just, holding. Oh my God. And I can't even believe I forgot the, the, the person who might be the best part of the show is Steven Root, the guy that played Jimmy James, the owner. Oh, oh yeah. there's all dude. of them. See, so many people got their start on that show and it amazes me. You're absolutely right because I love that show when it started. And I remember you'd see them pop up in sitcoms for 20 years afterwards, right? Yep. You'd see them keep coming up. And I remember when I saw the lady who was um, Jim Carrey's wife in uh, Liar Liar. Martin, I just yeah. remember pointing at the screen going like, that's that's her. Yep. Yes. Like I, every time I'd see her, I'd think it was amazing. Dude, yeah, they were yeah, fantastic. So, the, so the, we got to mention the other two people that haven't uh, been mentioned yet. We did have uh, Candy Alexander, who played Catherine Duke, and then Vicki Lewis, who played Beth. Just brilliant on all sides. And this was one of those shows that for some reason had a tough time gaining traction. It just could not... I think it, it bounced around the schedule a lot. They had put it on... So remember uh, the, in the 90s, Thursday night on NBC was the must-see TV. And then it, yeah. But it bounced around, and that's what happened to the other shows that I have on this list uh, of mine, which are Community, Scrubs, and Life. I expect people to know Community and Scrubs. Life, not so much. That's the one I've mentioned before with Damian Lewis, but that got hit by the writer's strike. Community, it was the same thing. It just wasn't quite right. getting the numbers. They shuffled it around the schedule. You weren't quite sure if it was coming back. Same exact thing happened to Scrubs, where all of a sudden See, it's here's not the on thing. the fall schedule, but it was going to be a mid-season fill-in. See, that's an interesting thing, because that didn't happen. In, in Australia, Scrubs was an overnight sensation. It was a monster from the beginning to the end. It was like it got put on. It might have been because we were more into kind of the quirky comedy or whatever, but it was put on Monday night or a Thursday night viewing, and it it was it was a staple for fucking years and years and years. Yeah, like we we there was no glitch in that. It was a hit from the very beginning. And I, I love so, that show, and I've said that I said this that before one. is that like uh, Bill Lawrence, the guy who's behind Scrubs, he's also the guy that's behind Ted Lasso. There's just something. There's a yeah. way that he makes shows. It's just brilliantly done although i want to go back to news mm. radio and i just remember there's one scene that reminds me of my radio days most because obviously it's news radio 
And first well, of all, hold on I, a second. Do you think that you love news radio because of the radio aspect? No. Is that how much of that plays into it? No, nothing. I don't I, no, it's okay. it's the storylines, it's the actors, it's the way that it was written, it's all of that stuff. It had nothing to do with the and it just so happens that I ended up working in radio. Um, mm. but I remember one of the first things was there was a guy I worked with in Florida and he he didn't throw a fit, but he would always be like, "Did you notice they never had the sales staff on that show?" And I was like, that's what you're going to fucking complain about is that they didn't have the sales staff in the show. So come to find out that's in the first episode. I went and bought all the DVDs because you can't find it on streaming anywhere. So I have them all on DVD. And in the first episode, Dave Foley goes to the wrong building. He goes to the WNYX sales building and they tell him, oh, you want the programming building. So that's why you never see a sales staff in news radio because they're in a completely different area. But do you think they did that so that they wouldn't have to bring sales into the show? Really? You think they actually said that I, at the beginning and were like, in case anyone's wondering, in case anyone wants to have a fit about why the sales staff isn't in the show, here's the beginning scene where it's like, here's your here's your get out of jail free card of why sales. Do you think that's why they did I it or that, it just was- I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming that they probably had that conversation where they were figuring out, okay, so- if that show, or you know, we already have this staff. First of all, did you know Joe Rogan wasn't the original engineer? It was another guy. So when you go watch that first episode, Joe Rogan ain't in it. And I think yeah, they well, knew that, that they that had happens. a big enough staff to try to incorporate a sales aspect would have been too much. They wanted. I was going to gonna say the other the thing is, who gives a shit about sales? Like the only people who give a shit about sales are the people that own the radio station. Like the guy that does sales in the show. Who's going to care about him? You care oh. about the on-air talent and the people that say, WK, people who do WKR, sales. WKRP did it right. They had their sales guys on the show, uh, and, okay. and and that was done properly. And which okay, so I'm getting sidetracked here because I got a couple of points okay. here to make. So the so because okay. this all relates to kind of the, this radio aspect of things, especially being a production director. There's a scene actually. I think it takes place almost over the whole episode where they're plugging baseball is on the way. The season of baseball is right around the corner. And so it's Phil Hartman going, the crack of the bat, the roar of the crowd. And it's it's them in Dave Foley's office producing this 10-second bit. And they just can't get it right, can't get it right. And then all of a sudden, Catherine Duke walks in and she completely cuts out almost all of Phil Hartman's lines. And that's it's just a crack of a bat, a roar of the crowd. And that, you don't hear it, you just hear the sounds. And then it's like right. baseball returns to WNYX. And that was it. And I was like, I've sat and I've I've had to sit with clients. I've had to sit with people who I work with who just want to nitpick every single little fucking thing. And I realized, dude, like the, the, the shit that you're changing doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. None of it matters. It's not going to fucking yeah. matter. If we can cut this down to 15 seconds, we're fine. But the shit that you want to put in here and that, that scene resonates so much with me after the okay, radio. But do that you had. think? But do you think that that scene would have driven other people insane having to watch that? Having to watch that and go, "This is labor." Just this is just driving me insane. No, do you think that they, most other people would have gone? These people are fucking crazy. They did it brilliantly on the show where it's not worn out. They revisit it like they. It's it's right. I, they something okay. happens and then they come back to this scene where they're still working on it. Something happens and then they come back to the scene and they, it gets to the right. point where all of them are sitting in the office and they're just like, <laughs> like leaning back, falling asleep. They're just so frustrated because they can't get this thing to sound the way that they wanted to. Now jumping over to 
the the sales aspect of things, it reminds me of an episode of The Office, and it's when the sales staff is catered to completely, and the rest of the staff is just being shit on by the sales staff. They're throwing their papers at their desk. The one girl, Angela, walks over to Phyllis, and she's like, I've emailed you three times. You can't come over to my desk? And Phyllis's response is, if I haven't had time to respond to your email, I don't have time to come to your desk. And it's like, fuck, that's my life. Because when all this stuff was yeah. going on was when I worked as a production director. And yeah. I've worked with some good salespeople. I've worked with some bad salespeople. And it's something that bothers me when it comes to this sort of aspect of things is how when you cater to the salespeople, you wonder why the product suffers. Because the salesperson's there to sell the product. But the way that things have been done in radio is it's now been turned upside down where, well, the salespeople are the ones that make us the money. So the salespeople need to be catered to. No, that's not the case. Everybody needs to be on equal footing. But ultimately, what goes on the air, that's the product. If that sounds like shit or if what your sales staff is doing makes that sound like shit, then you're not going to be able to sell anything in the future. And it just – it it – meant so much to me to watch this episode where the sales staff just treated everybody else like shit. And I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's my life. Like that's what happens in like every single day, the sales staff can get away with whatever they want because they're the ones that make the money. Right. Do you think that the reason the show didn't connect the way that you were saying is just because it kept getting bounced around time slots or because some of that humor and information was niche? No, I th- well because no, I think for news radio, I don't think any of that was really too niche. I think that it was right. they, they dealt with a lot of very broad topics, and I think it was truly that it just bounced around a lot. And it was right, the same right. thing with Scrubs here because Scrubs, another one of those ones, it didn't have a, like they didn't just leave it in a spot; it bounced around. So yeah. it became a when can I actually watch this thing? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which really is a shame because you've got people putting their life and blood and sweat into something, and it doesn't. Uh, and, and and the only reason it doesn't connect is because of that one thing, that one thing. Just, if people don't know where to find it, yeah. So I, the one that I have before we move to fast five fast questions. Have you ever heard of Gallivant? No. Jamie Lewis from thebasis.net sent me. I watched this at his uh, house last year. I fell in love with it. It is a musical comedy series, half hour episodes, based on. Um, it's, it's based in medieval times with Knights of the Round Table and princesses and magic spells and stuff. But it has nothing but modern jokes and modern commentary. And it's very niche and very bizarre and funny. And it has a few big actors in it. And the thing that I thought was amazing, you should go and check it out. Everyone should check it out, okay? Oh, it's got Vinnie Jones. That- Exactly. It's got Vinnie Jones as the uh, as the number one henchman for the king who later accidentally upgrades to being king. And it's like, how the fuck did that happen? And when you find out, it's kind of bent and backwards. And the queen is an absolute bitch. And she sings songs about just being a bitch. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about anyone. Like, (laughs) like, so it's really, really funny. But I knew that I'd fallen in love with the show when they got eight episodes. And then they, the people who were fans of the show protested the company, which I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. I think it was put on, trying to find it. I don't know what, the, I don't know what um, station aired it, but the point ABC. is, 
ABC, the fans actually wrote in when they said we're not going to be giving a second season to this or we're on the fence. And they said, please pick him up for another season. We love this show. We want it desperately. The opening number for the first episode of season two was a 10 minute epic about how they can't believe they got a second season. <laughs> the whole song is literally saying, I can't believe they picked this up. I can't believe they let us do this shit again. And like the whole song, and it's fucking epic. It's not just a little ditty. It's a whole thing with dancing choirs and pirates swinging from the mains and falling into the ocean and monsters coming out of the sea and CGI. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And it didn't, they knew, they knew when they got the second season, they said, we're never giving you another season. So just do whatever the fuck you want. Here's your budget. You've got your time slot. You've got a few episodes, whatever. And so they took the, the second season was so much more epic than the first one because they literally knew it's over after this. We can do anything we want. So they had all sorts of weird shit in there. So that was, and I think that is one of the most underrated TV shows. I have yet to meet a single person who likes music, musical theater or anything TV comedy related. No one's heard of it. I'm like, how have you not fucking heard of this? So check it out. All right, moving on. I'm definitely going to uh, have to check this out. It was uh, actress Mallory Jansen who was in the show. She described it as the bastard child of Monty Python and the Princess Bride. If that yeah, doesn't sell you on the show, it. then yeah. it's it's definitely just not going to be for you at all. But yeah, it is time to move on here. Are you ready? <clears throat> I am ready. All right. It is time for five fast questions. Shim, you've got the questions. I've got the answers. Fire right away, sir. Number one, what TV show did you quit watching and why? <laughs> the Walking Dead, because it got boring. Number two, what did you really learn in college? How hard to throw a Super Bowl in the quad to get two bounces off the wall. Number three, how can you tell someone isn't very intelligent? They're always right. Number four, what song is stuck in your head right now? Ah, check the level by Dirty Heads. Number five, what is your clumsiest injury? God, I've had a lot. Um, I broke my toe <laughs> while doing a handstand falling into a recliner. And <laughs> that is five math questions. I'm trying to do the math on how you... Okay. You I was broke okay. Your toe so we'll start here. Like we doing a handstand. All right. I was doing a handstand, right. so my feet are up in the air. Yeah. And I just did it for shits and giggles because I got I was bored. I was like 19. So I'm walking okay. around the house on my hands, and I fell into a recliner, and my foot came down, blah, and it busted the toe in half. Went to the doctor, and it it full on it broke it in almost like an upside down V shape, like this, like a chevron almost. And it was because when I looked down at my toe, um, I, I think it was the middle one. It was completely like wrapped over. What does your doctor like have that. to say about that? Don't do that again. I mean, <laughs> we can't put a cast on it. It's a fucking toe. So, so right. yeah. So I, uh, you said The Walking Dead. I've never watched The Walking Dead. I've heard because I'm not really into the horror thing. But you said a lot of people said it was an amazing show. And then did it get really bad towards the end? Well, OK, so I've heard it's gotten better. Um, it was really slow early on. The thing that I always enjoyed about it is it was more about the relationships of the people, not the zombies. It's how do people right. how are people going to act if something like some shit goes down and this actually happens? And then there was just it was 
they had this really big story arc that was like one of the major moments in the comics where this dude just gets fucking blasted with a bat on the head. His eyeball pops out and shit. Um, and they, they, they did that in the show. And then after that, I tried following the next season and I was like, I can't, like it just, it, there was a tiger and it, like somehow the tiger knew who to attack. Like, it was just weird. And it got Sounds boring. Like lost. Yeah. So I just, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to, to track, track the walking dead. And I called that okay. scene too. So we would do, um, on the morning show, we would do sort of predictions for, major shows that we all watched together like game of thrones yeah. we would do like a death pool who do you think is going to die this week on on game of thrones same thing for walking dead and i right. fucking called it man i said so negan was the guy with the bat who right. uh uh he's the one that ends up fucking killing glenn and i i called it on the air this was months before it aired I said flat out, what's going to happen is it's going to show him stop in front of one of the cameras. We're going to be looking at him through the point of view of the person. He's going to slam the bat down and you're going to see blood drip down the the screen. And that's going to be the end of the season. And then they're going to pick it up and we're going to find out who that happened to be. When they pick up, is that the what next happened? Season. It's exactly what fucking happened. But is that because they did that frame in the comics? Did you see that from the co- or did you just? I just you I knew that they weren't going to answer. They weren't going to answer that question that season. Who he actually kills? They weren't going to do that because this is going to be the question that needs to be asked all all summer until it comes back in October. Right. So, right. and I think one of the problems with or no, that, I'm thinking of American Horror Story now, where these shows would come out in October because they were kind of horror themed. And then yeah, they would yeah. take a break over the holidays and then come back. And it's like, I'm, I'm not vibing on this anymore. It's like springtime. Yeah. You know, I don't want, yeah, I don't want yeah. ghosts and goblins and shit. Yeah. So, but that was Walking Dead. So you're going back to, what did you really learn in college? I love it. Nah. basically nothing. No, I, God. So this was when I was in community college in radio broadcasting school. And there was this kind of quad area outside the radio station. And we had this big window where we could kind of see everybody as they walk by between classes and I don't even know how we ended up doing this, but myself and like four friends had a Super Bowl. <laughs> and we were just seeing if we could get it to bounce off that wall and that wall in one throw. Wait a minute. Is, is a Super Bowl the small ones that are really rubbery, that yeah. are firm rubber, yeah. that just bounce super high? Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just, and we were just trying to see if we could get it to bounce off that wall and that wall in one throw. <laughs> That was it? That was, that's, wow. We spent okay. like an hour and a half doing And we weren't even high. We were sober. <laughs> All right. And the other one was, how can you tell someone isn't very intelligent? What was your answer again? They're always right. <laughs> like the, right. the inability to admit you're wrong is the biggest sign of stupidity to me. Like, everybody's wrong. Everybody is wrong. My favorite one is always um, when someone says, you know, I'm just the kind of person who... And then whatever they say afterwards. Yeah. You know, if, if if you ask them, if you were to ask them, are you the kind of person who does A or B? Then you can say, no, I'm probably the kind of person that does A. But if they're just, if they just volunteer the information, like, <laughs> I, just so you know, I'm the kind of person who blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, if you, I always go back to that Shakespearean, me thinks you protest too much. I always go to that one. I'm like, do you really, if do you really need to tell everyone what kind of person you are? Shouldn't people know by now? Anyway, what song is stuck in your head right now? You said. Oh man, it's Dirty Heads. Uh, check the level. Check the level, cause something's coming over me. Check the level, cause something's coming over me. It's such a good fucking song, man. 
Oh, I got hooked on that. Cause remember, I told you just a couple weeks ago, I was in a music funk. Like, I just, there yeah. was nothing grabbing me. And right. I was on, this is what's great about Spotify, is that I'll find a song that I like, and then you can go to the radio station like that song. You can still, you can do it with like Pandora and things like that. But what I like about Spotify is you can actually flip through and pick certain songs and, and whatever you want to do. So I don't even remember how I landed on it. I think it might have just been on another playlist. And that song popped up, and it, the way that it starts out, it's just it's got this kind of beat to it that also gets, sounds yeah, yeah, like yeah. a it sounds like a 1930s radio soap opera almost like the like the the filters that they have on it and yeah oh, it's just such a good song man I'm telling you yeah go listen go listen is to that new? Uh, Dirty Heads I don't think so I think it's old I don't think so okay let me excellent uh, beautiful double check here before yeah 2008 was when that came out so go listen to Dirty yeah, Heads that's... man and that's gonna wrap it up. For this episode. Oh. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. Thank you very much, Brandon, for your time and energy. I'm and, trying, uh, man. Go check out some... the socials, baby, at The Real Brandon yeah. Lauren. You can go to Instagram. You can go to YouTube. You check out Shim. It's So YouTube for him is at Shimon Moore. Or you can check him out on Instagram. It's Shim. Look for the blue check mark over there. Of course, we do have episodes dropping here. So this remix episode, these drop on Wednesdays. Regular episodes of the History of Rock drop on Mondays. Next Monday, we're going to be talking about OzFest. OzFest might take up four episodes. That's Because I went through sort of the beginning to the end. And then there was also an unreleased documentary of OzFest that I found on YouTube. And I watched the whole thing and I made notes. So I peppered that in there as well. So that's all stuff that we're going to be getting into. And I'm pretty sure that OzFest will probably be four total episodes but we'll see That's when fantastic. we start recording it which we're going to do here in a little bit and then Very also don't forget shortly. we got the shorts coming up as well there's a lot of shorts that i've been putting up on my channels shim's got his stuff that he's doing so make sure you check it all out and have you guys uh fantastic whenever you and don't forget the merch we keep forgetting to let people know we've got some merch available with the uh cross-eyed bear a couple of t-shirts a couple of stickers rocking and rolling you can get those at the name of the website which is what VivaLamoca.com. There's a Viva cross eyed bear one right there. You, you can check much. that out. We also have just the history of rock stickers and t shirts as well. But on that note, thank you, Shim. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out. And we'll be back coming up very shortly. Um, see, we have so much stuff coming out. Like, just check us out when we're back. Coming up. So, his name is Shim. He's a rock. See ya. You, you know what? I'll tell you what. Just hit the like and subscribe, and that'll let you know for us. There Until then, his name is Brandon. He's the DJ. Class dismissed. Mm-hmm.